0: Before we jump into this episode, you know that I love collaborating with other business owners because the more we support each other, the more we will collectively grow. And that's why I want to tell you about an incredible event that I am thrilled to be part of, hosted by one of our wonderful podcast guests, Wendy Collier. You're invited to experience Ticket to Freedom in its 10th season. This free event is a virtual learning retreat with business building and spiritual growth gifts, where myself and a panel of other heart-centered, high-integrity leaders are helping you fulfill your purpose, grow your business with authenticity and soul fuel, and attract more soulmate clients without sacrificing what is most important to you or spending your life on social media. And you know I am all about all of those things, so head over to wendycollier.com slash kelly to save your free seat before registration closes on may the 7th that's w-e-n-d-y c-o-l-l-i-e-r dot com forward slash k-e-l-l-y I am so excited for you to listen in on this conversation today that I had with my guest Tabitha. She's a membership coach and founder of The Present Profitable Mom, and she's obsessed with the membership model because of how it empowers entrepreneurs to multiply their income without working more hours. She's also a productivity nerd, and we got into that a lot because it's like such an important area to focus on, figuring out how to actually like use the time you have in your day wisely, especially when you have constant interruptions by children who are either needing to go somewhere or needing a snack or whatever it is, right? So Tabitha was able to transform her business and be more profitable with sustainable recurring revenue while being a present mom. And she wants to help you do the same. She's also a podcaster and she has a BA in psychology and a master's in business, and she's raising her kiddos with her husband in Alaska. So tune into this conversation because we actually talk about like tips around how to like manage your workflow, ways to, ways your brain works. She dropped some mind-blowing statistics and research-based facts on us in this episode. And I am all about it because... I have personally felt like the juggling act of running a business, trying to be a mom, trying to be all the other roles, fitting in, you know, working out and eating healthy and all the other things that I care about into a day, which seems overwhelming and impossible. And she shows you exactly how to do it. So check out this episode and let us know how you can apply this in your business. this is the entrepreneur school podcast where we believe you can run a thriving business and still make your family a priority this show is all about supporting you the emerging or early stage entrepreneur on your journey from solopreneur to ceo while wearing all of the other hats in your life my name is kelly sinclair and i'm a brand and marketing strategist who started a business with two kids under three i'm a corporate pr girl turned entrepreneur after i learned the hard way that life is too short to waste doing things that burn you out. On this show, you'll hear inspiring stories from other business owners on their journey and learn strategies to help you grow a profitable business while making it all fit into the life that you want. Welcome to Entrepreneur School. Welcome to
1: Entrepreneur School, Tab. I'm excited to see you. Thank you so much for having me. I'm so excited to connect with you and chat about all the things. Yes,
0: I know. We have had like a, an internet friendship for a number of years now. So it's been really awesome to watch you evolving and shifting into different areas and like maybe even just start with talking about, because my first area of interest in having you on this podcast is one you're a mom and you're all about like being a present mom and -hmm. running a business, which is something we're always striving for. And we're like, is that even a thing we can do? (laughs) And you have like this unique way of looking at productivity and like sharing out how people can actually plan their days and structure their business around, around the goals that they have as, as a mother too. So can we like start by diving into that?
1: Yes, absolutely. I think the first step, the very first thing is really believing that it's possible, first of all, because I think we get a lot of mixed messages like, oh, if you want to be a good mom, you have to be with your kids all the time and devote all of your energy. And actually, for me personally, and I mean, if you are a stay at home mom, like no shade, like that's amazing. But For me, I'm a better mom when I also have something else that nurtures me, and which is my business. I've designed it that way, though, so that I work with people that I genuinely love and connect with, and they're all fellow moms. I work with moms who are entrepreneurs, and so I feel like being a mom is a unique journey and being an entrepreneur is a unique journey, and they're both things that you do not understand unless you've experienced them yourself, and finding fellow moms who are both is like, you know, a diamond in the rough. It's hard to find, especially in your day-to-day life. I have very few friends, actually none of them that have an online business. And so connecting with that and yeah, first of all, deciding that you want to be a mom and an entrepreneur, believing it's possible to be awesome at both things is really, really the first step.
0: Yeah. I love how you said that about like something that nurtures you, Because that's for me how what it's always been about is like I have always known that I need something else where I can feel like I'm using my brain and my knowledge and my (laughs) skills and like this, like career that I built up for all this time (laughs) before I had children. Mm -hmm. And I don't want to throw that away because I still love doing those kinds of things. And I also want to have relationships with my kids. And it's been like an evolving juggling act ever since
1: becoming an entrepreneur for me like six years ago. Yeah. And I think the part of the story that gets left out is that I really believe in the power of leading by example. And do you want your kids to sacrifice everything for someone else? Like, I don't. Like, I want my kids to chase their dreams and to live their best life and do work that they love and that they feel passionate about and that they enjoy and enjoy the journey. And so in order for me to teach my kids that, I need to be an example of that. So I think there are definitely some advantages to moms who are also entrepreneurs.
0: Oh, that's such a good point. That's like, we're constantly looking for a permission slip, really, all mm-hmm. of us. So there's that one. Permission to be the role model that you want to be, to demonstrate the life that you want your kids to be able to see that as possible. And like, let's be honest, being a mom entrepreneur is is doing the most. <laughs> like, <laughs> like, it's. It, I I think I was in denial for a long time about About it. I don't know whether it was that I didn't want to like carve myself out as something different because I have both of these roles. But in reality, I'm trying to run a business, manage clients, do projects, figure out all of the like technology and marketing strategies and Mm -hmm. blah, blah, blahs. And. Arrange a hockey schedule, make sure we know when there's library day at school, fill out the school field trip forms, make sure everyone gets enrolled in their sports activities, you know, arrange play dates, all of it at the same time. Oh, and
1: eat healthy. Make sure we have <laughs> healthy needs. Let's just throw that in there, right? Yes, right. And so. I want to give you guys, your audience, some really tangible tips for how to do this. So I personally, I feel like I've tried everything. I've had a really long, winding journey. And finally, the business model that has served me best in creating that flexibility in my life that I have to have, like can't survive without it, like sick kid can't throw my day off, like because sick kids happen all the time. Um, so you have to have that built in. And I really believe that a membership model is a great way for us to leverage our time in our business, but then also give us the flexibility that we need in mom life. And honestly, even if you're not a mom, you still want to exercise and have other priorities and travel and all of these other things. So just as humans, we really, we really need that flexibility and freedom to enjoy our life in addition, in addition to the time that we enjoy, hopefully, um, in our business. Mm-hmm.
0: Yeah. So let's talk about that a little bit more. What does having a membership look like? What are some of like, who are, and who are you talking to? Like who, who is a membership good for? What kind of business owner?
1: Yes. I think a membership, the way that I teach it can fit a lot more uh, different niches than you might expect. So um I think the thing really is going to be something that's ongoing, right? So a membership probably isn't great if you maybe just train people to run a marathon, because maybe they're just going to do that once that was like a bucket list item, and they're done. But if you have people who want to be in shape, like you're never like, oh, ran a marathon in shape for life, check that box. <laughs> yeah. Like, not how that works. Like exercise and moving your body needs to be a consistent priority over time and life changes and seasons change. So how are you going to help people navigate over time? You need to be able to give them that accountability, maybe even like uh, co-working, a co-workout session. Mm. I mean, there's a lot that you can do to encourage people to have that consistency. So really niches that require consistency or accountability or that done with you approach, like from a another perspective, like someone who doesn't want to pay for, for example, I have a client who is a bookkeeper and she is creating a membership around bookkeeping because in your business, that should be something you are doing all the time. That's part of it. If you're making money, spending money, you need to be doing your bookkeeping, right? So she is really helping people to have that accountability and that like co-working session to sit down and do it. But this is really for people who are entrepreneurs who maybe don't want to straight up hire done for you bookkeeping services, and they really want to understand the numbers. And honestly, even if you want to be hands off and hire someone to do everything, they're not going to understand your business like you do. So you being in there doing your own numbers is really critical. But at the same time, you're going to need help um and so it's that beautiful blend of done with you type services that you can incorporate into a membership also so like the done with you and the um the community element a lot of times like really believing something is possible for you seeing other people doing it mm-hmm. making it work so niches where you need those things which in my opinion is really a lot of different fields you could almost find that you need community learning and done with you in anything that you need to be consistent. So that's going to be anything usually around wealth, health, and happiness. Cause you know, you don't just get married and you're like, check, done, healthy marriage, good to go. Like, nope, <laughs> it <laughs> takes work. Like, these <laughs> things that are most important to us, they all take work consistently over time. And I really feel like a membership is the thing that has been overlooked as being able to be the best of both worlds. You get the coaching, you get the content, you get the community. And that those are the three pieces that I really believe are key and just so happens to conveniently for you, leverage your time because the community adds additional value that doesn't require necessarily much more of your time. And then you can do kind of this one-to-many type model so that you're helping more than one person at a time. And I just feel like it fits beautifully for moms, especially.
0: So how does that work inside of your business? Like, what does that look like for you? Tell me what a day in the life or like a week in the
1: life of. That is the perfect question. This was not scripted. Um, So the way that I love to do this is to really have theme days. So my background, I actually am a total productivity nerd. So that's kind of like a bonus. You're getting membership and productivity. (laughs) So I love having theme days because when it comes to being productive, when we switch tasks... We uh, Well, people think that we can do multitasking, but we actually can't with really high thinking, high intensity tasks. Like you can walk and talk, but you can't probably like run and have a philosophical discussion. <laughs> so you can pair a low focus task with a high, higher focus task, but really high focus tasks, you're switching between them. You might think you are doing them simultaneously, multitasking, but you are not. And what happens when you switch between tasks, you are losing all of your momentum. It's called startup inertia. So instead of switching back and forth from very different tasks, you can design your week to batch similar type tasks that you do at the same time so that you build up that momentum and you get into the flow, which is a Mihail Csikszentmihalyi's flow theory, where you're completely engaged in the activity. And you are going to think about it so much deeper, and you're going to get a lot more done in a shorter period of time versus like, oh, we're recording this podcast. Um, I'm Just let me like check this text on my phone really quick. I mean, that's going to completely distract the flow of what we're talking about. Mm-hmm. And actually, research says that a disruption as brief as three seconds can distract you enough that it takes 23 minutes to get back into the flow of mm-hmm. what you were doing. And if you're a mom and an entrepreneur, you know that feeling well because unfortunately, we can't always have distraction free work time. But by batching similar tasks, we can get into that flow, limit distractions, and really maximize our time.
0: Ooh, okay. First of all, that's a sh- scary, scary statistic. <laughs> three, I know. Three minutes of distraction equals 20 seconds. Oh,
1: three sorry. Seconds. Three seconds. right yeah.
0: Equals 23 minutes of getting your stuff back together and trying to figure out what you were doing, which makes total sense because I feel like that's a lot. Mm -hmm. Yes. (laughs) And I also know the difference in like feeling like in flow in something, right? Like I, I've been sending some uh, video messages to people, but I batched them. Like I made like 20 at a time. And it just like started flowing out versus like, what's Mm -hmm. the script? What do I say? And trying to remember how to do it all again. It was like, I see the value of this for sure. So you're talking about theme days. What are some of the theme days, like how you run your business?
1: Yes. So I, for my example, I do like Monday is a CEO slash CFO day. So it's really that big visionary, like creative thinking about like what's on my broader vision. And then I also do my finances, which those two are interrelated because then I can look and see what's going well, what isn't. Mm -hmm. um, And so that all works really nicely together. And then Tuesdays, for example, are my content days. So this is like you can batch so many different ways. Actually, I have an awesome master pl- class about all of this that goes into greater detail that I'll give you a code for so people can check it out for free because I feel like I can't just give you a piece of this, like if you want to dig deeper into yeah. it. Um, but so then Tuesdays are content days where you can batch things by right and left brain. So like if I were to do my bookkeeping on Tuesday, but then, you know, that's very left brain versus like switching to that from trying to write like an awesome podcast script like that is going to take me a lot, lot longer to switch flow, if you will. So yeah. I like Tuesdays to be content. So I script out some podcast episodes. I do my social media Um, If I have any sort of collaboration that I'm doing, I could outline a podcast episode that I'm doing for someone else's show or a summit or things like that. So that's all very similar type work. And then Wednesdays for me is really community care. This is going to be going live in my membership. This is going to be maybe creating content for my membership or maybe the tech of uploading stuff for my membership, checking in on members, really member community focused and then Thursdays for me are the tech like do i have some weird little website updates that need to be done that i never get to because let's be honest for me that's like where i really procrastinate but it helps me to make those most urgent things a priority and find time for them mm-hmm. and then it's not something cuz i tech little updates to my website, that would be on my list Monday. Then I'd be like, Oh, didn't get to it. Move it to Tuesday. Oh, didn't get to it. You know, I just would move that sucker and never do it until I'm finally like, obviously, I'm never doing it. We'll just delete it. (laughs) Um, So having Thursdays, I'm like, okay, like, I gotta like, drink extra coffee that day. And like, we're gonna dig into those tech items. And then Once you're in it, you'll, for me, I'll be like, gosh, I really goofed that up. That doesn't all fit together. Versus if I was just trying to like go in and fix something really quick, I wouldn't notice what that thing was in the greater context of all the other pieces. So it makes you just do a much better job in a much shorter amount of time when you can focus these things each week. And then Fridays for me is like admin. I'm wrapping up the week and I'm, you know, maybe it's scheduling, maybe it's sending out some pitches to be on other people's podcasts or pitching people to be on my podcast. And really those little admin pieces. And I never schedule anything on Mondays or Fridays. And that's another thing this helps you with is building out that consistency. Like, okay, we record podcasts on Tuesday and Thursday. I do my client calls on Wednesday so that you're never switching from week to week. Like, oh, this is supposed to be my admin day, but I've got to record a podcast and it goofs up your flow. So this builds over time to make you more and more productive because as you build out these systems and put these little rules in place, it gets more and more efficient. Mm
0: -hmm. I love that. I have some of those similar like Monday, CEO, Friday, no meetings as well. Mm -hmm. And I've, at one time, and like it's about testing too, what actually feels good for you. Cause at once, one yes. time I was like, Oh, Friday will be a day where I'll do content. But I'm like, Friday's actually a day where I don't want to shower <laughs> or no, I want to work exactly. out in the morning yes. and I want to, like, I, I don't really want to get ready. So I don't feel like being like camera ready, which definitely mm-hmm. I like to feel put together if I want to do video stuff. So that doesn't work, so I'm gonna start like switching that to Thursday.
1: Yes, kind of thing. Um, so, how many hours do you work a week? So, my base is usually ten hours is my standard. I work. Um, I'm a morning person, and this is another thing where you have to follow your energy and batch the type of tasks that make sense for you. So, I wake up at four fifteen most mornings during the week. And I work in my business 5 a.m. to 7 a.m. Alaska time. So don't worry, most of my clients aren't in Alaska. They're most, mostly on the East Coast. They're like, nice, 9 a.m., that's doable because I'm probably one of the only people that I know who's crazy enough to wake up this early. But it works because the kids aren't up yet. So talking about minimizing those interruptions, yeah. that's a very strategic time. I'm a morning person. I feel high energy. Like, that's when I can get it all done. Um, I love just having a couple minutes to myself. And so I do that 5 to 7 a.m. Monday through Friday. I do plan on Sunday. I like to know what's coming up, but I don't count that, I guess, as standard work hours because I'm planning everything. Like I'm meal planning. I'm setting my priorities for the week, which includes, and that's like 30 minutes to an hour. It's not a big deal. And I meet with my husband, so he knows what's coming up and all these little things. Um, So that's kind of my standard. Like at the time of this recording, like, full transparency, I'm in the middle of a launch. So I'm working more than usual. And I also have started a podcast um, in November of last year. And so I'm doing a little bit more with that. But as far as running my membership, planning the content, doing the social media, all of those pieces are pretty well contained within a 10 hour work week.
0: I think that's uh, amazingly aspirational for people to like know that you can actually do that many things and and have that much like Progress in a short mm-hmm. amount of time, and if you have twenty hours, like my kids are both full time in school, yeah, which gives me about twenty to thirty hours easily per week, depending mm-hmm. on when they don't have school, which is all next week and all summer yeah. and all of that. But so <laughs> things like shift as you go, yes. right? And I'm mm-hmm. not a morning person, so like you will not find me rolling out of bed any more than five minutes before my children because I just don't want you know, to. <laughs> I'm much happier if I just wake up on my own time. Yeah. (laughs) And yeah, totally I love that. It's got to be flexible for for different people, right?
1: Well, exactly. And a lot of my um, clients, members, friends, they work in the evenings after their kids go to bed. And so that's a good fit for them. And it's kind of funny because some people that like are helping me with the launch right now, I think uh, two of them are on the East Coast and I will be like getting ready for bed at like 830, like messaging them really quick. And they're like working. They're four hours ahead of me and they're not even in bed yet. And I, but it works. Like I'm a morning person, but they're night owls. And so, like, it works perfect. So I can wrap up the day. Anything that's outstanding, I send off to them before I go to sleep and it gets done. And when I wake up the next morning, it's good to go. You know, this is making me think of a lot
0: of, a lot of the, personal development growth people out there we'll talk about like morning routines mm-hmm. and setting your day up for success and i've tried so many of these things and i'm mm-hmm. like i'm not i'm not getting up i'm not doing the thing early i don't have the time then like this is not what works for me um so i think i just really appreciate that you're pointing out the need to identify what it is for you individually
1: And not like it's a rule that needs to be followed. Yeah. And like you said, you have to go trial and error, see what fits for you. And this, like I gave you an example of my week and that has evolved and changed over time. And I'm just giving that as an example and maybe a starting point for people. But if something totally different works for you, that's awesome. But I just think that the batching specifically with theme days is amazing because of the um, ability to make fewer decisions. Because... Decision fatigue is a thing like we have a finite amount of willpower when we start our day. Like, for example, if you've ever been on a diet, like do you usually break it when you first wake up and have ice cream for breakfast? Probably not. It's after you've had a long day. And it's like nine o'clock at night, maybe later for those of you who are night owls and you're watching Netflix and you just don't care anymore. You just don't have any willpower left. Then, you know, you dig out the Ben and Jerry's. And so the thing about willpower, too, is that it's a finite resource that is tapped through everything that we do. So if you're, on a diet and you're trying to do all this client work and you're trying to do all of these things, you're going to make worse and worse decisions in every area as the day goes on. Mm -hmm. So when you don't have to think about like, what do I work on tomorrow? Like I've got so much to do. I don't even know where to start. And then you can be like, oh, tomorrow's Friday. It's admin day. That's where I'm going to start with my high priority administrative tasks. And it's fewer decisions that you have to make, which makes life in general a lot easier.
0: Mm -hmm. Yeah, that sounds incredibly helpful
1: for overwhelm. (laughs) Yes, yes. And then, you know, back to how we talked about the decision fatigue and that, you know, tapping that, that willpower and that resource, like whenever you can skip that, you can dive right in faster. And if you've ever had a day where you're just like, I have been so busy and gotten nothing done. Mm -hmm. That's probably what you did. You switched. You switched from like one thing to the other without batching similar tasks. And you're just thinking about everything. And maybe you started 10 things and finished nothing, which is not going to help you at all. It's much better to do start to finish, which takes some willpower to keep yourself going on one task until it's done, which you're going to have more of if you know what you're doing and you're not wasting a bunch of time and mental effort, like trying to decide what you're going to do. And even like to your point, there's another thing that is the same, similar as that. Well, it taps into that decision fatigue as well. So it's that task switching, but context switching also. So like you said, okay, I did my hair and makeup and I've got my tripod and my ring light set up. Let's record all the videos instead of one video. And then, oh my gosh, tomorrow I've got to do my hair, do my makeup, set up my ring light, set up my tripod. You cut that out. You don't have to do that work on repeat if you batch Mm -hmm. all of that together. Mm -hmm.
0: Yeah, that makes total sense. And I think it's interesting, like maybe as a challenge for people to just go through a week and observe where you're doing this. Because I like, I know, like, for example, one, one thing is going from, you know, being here in the interviewer seat versus being in the hot seat, being Mm -hmm. the coach as well versus, you know, being on part of the groups that I'm part of as a student, Like, Mm -hmm. like popping back and forth between those different roles. Like, I always imagine this whole, like all the hats, right? Right. You wear different hats in your business and you wear different hats in your day because there's a part of the day where you're like yourself and then you're the business owner and then you're this part of the business and then you're the mom Sherpa and then you're the yes. chef and then you're the homework, like yes. supervisor. And like, it is exhausting to keep taking off the hats, but it, like now I'm like making up this whole, now I'm just visualizing there's a stack of hats. Imagine you like, put them on nicely one at a time and then they go back on like a hat rack versus they're getting thrown and you're (laughs) trying to find the hat and you have to go put the hat back on and you don't know
1: where it went because you frantically took it off. Yes. I love that analogy. I think it's perfect. And it's so, so true. And especially, like you said, if you have the hats stacked up in order, you're just like, okay, this one, now this one. And it's like a flow. So that's another thing is, so I gave you kind of themes for batching throughout the week. You can also batch throughout your day doing similar tasks. Like my similar task, for example, is my working block, 5 to 7 a.m. And then after that, I batch similar tasks, which is lunch, getting the kids up, getting them ready for school and all of those pieces. And if you can have systems for your theme days and routines for your time blocks throughout the day, those are fewer decisions that you have to make. And that's gonna make it smoother and smoother. And like you said, there's some trial and error to find what's the best fit and makes the most sense. But when you find that, it makes it so easy. There's so fewer decisions, you do it on autopilot. You don't have to use your willpower to like, oh my gosh, I've got to get up and do this morning routine that I hate that doesn't work for me because it's not a good fit. But the experts say I have to have a morning routine. Right, no. I need to go like, meditate now. <laughs> right, and then you're like, I really would have loved to sleep in. And yeah. that's not gonna serve you at all. So can you just, just to contextualize a little bit, because you're talking about for you,
0: how you work and then your kids are up and like mm-hmm. the switching back and forth between work and momming to me is one of the hardest parts about running a business as a mom. And like I said, for me, my kids are in school for a good chunk of the day, but when they Mm -hmm. come home, I've played around with like trying to work again while they're at home because they're not in childcare anymore, but they're old enough that they don't want me to like sit and play with them, but they like, but mm-hmm. I don't want them to be on their like tablets all the time. And yes. there's just this constant, like, I'm thinking about what they're doing and I'm trying to work and it's not really working. Mm-hmm. So like switching gears between momming and business only, business
1: stuff and vice yeah. versa, like, what are your tips around that? I think it's really kind of a mindset getting into things. And then you have to evaluate because if your kids are constantly nagging you for things and maybe they don't want to sit and play with you, but they're like, I need a snack or you know, just little ways where they're interrupting. If you're not able to be productive during that time, work will expand to fill time. So maybe there's a way that you could do your workday while they're at school, wrap it up by the time they get home if possible, and then do other things around the house. Like maybe that's when you start doing the house chores or prepping for dinner and those type things that can be interrupted so that you aren't, you know, having all of those distractions while you're trying to do your focused work in your business. And another thing that I feel like is a huge relief is that you can work in what I call points of connection into your day with your kids because You need to be fully present with them during these key times. And I actually just read the other day, which is so funny because I've always felt this and taught it for like literally years and then felt so validated. But this child expert was saying that there are actually nine minutes during the day that are most critical for you to be present with your kids. Mm -hmm. And that is when they first wake up for three minutes, fully present, when you first see them again, like if they left for school and they come home, connecting with them when you first see them again for three minutes at least. And then at night, right before they go to bed, connecting Mm -hmm. with them. So, you know, if you don't have a lot of time, because sometimes you don't, if you're in a busy season or maybe you like working more too, like you don't have to only work 10 hours. Like my daughter goes to kindergarten this fall and I am excited to work more. I'll definitely miss her, but I'm excited to work more. And so 10 hours has been great and given me all the flexibility that I need right now. But like you said, different moms are in different seasons. And so if you just have those critical nine minutes each day, then you can kind of prioritize that and fit in other things As it works for you and your energy and your family lifestyle, because, you know, if your kids are doing sports after school, that might give you more time if they're, Mm -hmm. you know, not needing a ride somewhere that might give you less time if that turns Mm -hmm. you into like mom with the chauffeur hat. So just really releasing that pressure. And I know that a lot of people struggle with guilt and it's easy to struggle with the guilt around needing more time, but it really is quality. Over quantity, And if you think about it, you could be a full time stay at home mom and never be present with your kids. You can distract yourself with a million different things. And so just if you can rewrite that limiting belief around the guilt, like you still have these important points of connection, you build a business where you can be there for your kids when you need to be. And really just making sure that it feels good for you. And that if you are feeling guilty, is it something in your personal values? Or is it something that you view as a societal expectation? Because that's different. You know, what society says you should do, like, you know, being a rule follower and a people recovering people pleaser, this Mm -hmm. is easier said than done. But just really evaluating what are my priorities, what matters to me and my family versus what is the societal you should expectation?
0: Oh, absolutely. That's so good. And I actually think in what you were just saying, I just uncovered something for myself, which is that (laughs) I don't think anything is important except for my work. Mm -hmm. But then I remind myself, I actually do think it's important that I have, that I make healthy meals. Like it is important Mm -hmm. to me that we eat like together as much as possible. Yeah. Do home-cooked meals as much as possible. And so It's almost a way that I have to like think about it differently to give myself permission to do that sort of those activities. Like there's stuff, it's stuff it's to do. It's on a list as well. Even if I don't write it down like that, I have to make dinner every day. I don't write that on my to-do list, but I do make, I do it. Mm -hmm. Right. And like, you're talking about that period in my day where it's like the kids came home and now I have like two and a half hours before dinner. So am I going to work? with distractions or am I going to like focus on those things? So mm-hmm. that's, uh, that was enlightening. I just wanted to reflect that back to you.
1: <laughs> awesome. Yeah. And, and like you said, it's fitting what works for you. And I actually read a book recently that was so cool because it was talking about the power of family dinners because it is that point of connection all coming together. But what was really cool in this research was that some people, instead of doing dinner, they do family breakfast. Or like they one person had kids who were in high school and had sports and everything. So they do like family snack when the kids got off school before they all went off to sports because dinner was going to be on the run. But they had that touch point where they would do kind of like tapas appetizer style, quick snack, but all together connecting. So that's, again, something where you can build your own family traditions, which I also love traditions because then they're basically routines, right? Like routines that you look forward to, don't have to think about, and they build in that priority of having those moments of connection. And, you know, it can be your morning bedtime, you know, morning or bedtime routine or just really being fully present with Snuggling your kids when they first get home from school, and you know, older kids, it could be a meal like maybe that's the only way you're going to get to yeah. draw them out of their room is if you're like, okay, you have to come into the kitchen to eat or something. Yeah, oh,
0: such a good point. And actually, it's reminding me to like place value on the, these things, like we're doing mm-hmm. them on purpose for a reason, yes, because we care about them. Mm-hmm. and. You know, the the little moments do matter. And I love that yes, that boiled down like nine minutes a day. That's so attainable and yes, impactful. I love it. Um, I know we talked a lot more about like productivity hacks today than maybe you were initially planning, but I love it. That's all right. Is there Me anything too. else that you wanted to share before we wrap up?
1: Well, I just think like, I think the big key takeaway for being a mom and an entrepreneur and really being able to be good at both to be a present mom and a profitable entrepreneur, you just have to have these systems in place that serve you and really be intentional and, you know, have priorities and set boundaries around those priorities and really define success for yourself. Like, Mm -hmm. what are you going for? Are you trying to achieve something that is either unattainable or something you don't even want? Or, you know, what is it that you want and how can you build a foundation in your life and business that gets you to your life purpose and mission and whatever makes you feel like, this is what you're meant to do. And I, I do love, like I mentioned, the membership model has been great for me and being able to create all of these things because it has really supported 10-hour work weeks and things like that. But I think that, yeah, like you said, we talked about a lot of things that can help mom entrepreneurs in mm-hmm. any type of business model.
0: Mm-hmm. Awesome. Well, um, let everyone know where they can connect with you and I will make sure to put links to things that we talked about and and make sure that it's easy for them to get it in our show notes. But where's your favorite place to hang out?
1: Awesome. Well, I also have a podcast, Present Profitable Mom, and I'm on Instagram the most probably at, at present profitable mom. And like I said, I will, I will make a coupon code for you guys to have the maximizing your membership um in 10 hours a week. But again, this really works for any type of business model, um, depending on how many hours you want to work, et cetera. And, and yeah.
0: Awesome. Thank you. Thank you for sharing your wisdom today. I found that like super helpful just in thinking about my own, you know, business flow and the things that, that these are things that will be challenges that you'll face in every stage. Like, yes. no matter how long you've been in business, like it's how do we figure it out when we're starting? How do we figure it out when it's different? And like, mm-hmm. I think about it even in seasons where it's like kids are in school, kids are not in school. It's yes. hockey
1: season, ball season. Like this is how things right. work in my life now. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. And it is, you've got those seasons of motherhood, seasons of business, and you have to have these tools and systems that are flexible and can still give you the freedom no matter what stage you're at. Absolutely. Okay.
0: Well, everybody run
1: and connect with Tabitha
0: because she has amazing resources and I love following you and staying connected with you.
1: Awesome. Thank you so much for having me, Kelly. You
0: did it. You just listened to another episode of the Entrepreneur School podcast. It's like you just went to business school while you folded your laundry, prepped dinner, or picked up your kids at school. Thank you so much for being here. I want to personally celebrate your commitment to growing your business. You can imagine I'm throwing confetti for you right now. If you enjoyed today's episode, please leave us a review. Make sure you're subscribed and let us know you're listening by screenshotting this episode and tagging us on Instagram. Head to entrepreneurschool.ca for tons of tools and resources to help you grow your business while keeping your family a priority. You can subscribe to our email list and join our community. And until next time, go out there and do the thing.